Thank you for listening to this program. In the last uh, time I remember looking at Acts uh, about God weaking at the sin of making an image uh, like unto God and the reference there in Athens to all the philosophers and uh, their thinking. And after these things, though, in 18, I was just reading on, after these things happened there, he left Athens, came to Corinth, and found there Aquila, Priscilla, they were tent makers, and he stayed with them. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath day and to the Jews and Greeks. And then waiting on Silas and Timothy, I, I guess they when they came, then he was pressed in the spirit or uh, really had to do it or felt that, that it was imperative. And he testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ, even more so, I guess, because he already was reasoning, but he became really very serious about it. But then when the leaders that were rejecting Christ, they opposed themselves and blasphemed. And I don't know, or simply, I guess, kind of looking at that is they, well, yeah, he's all the Messiah, the signs, Oh, yeah, he's done that, raised the dead and everything. But do you believe in him? Well, no, he's just a man grew up, like Isaiah said. The prophet said, virgin, well, I don't want to talk about it and all that. So they opposed themselves, and, well, he's fulfilled all the signs of the Messiah, but he's not the Messiah. That's blasphemy, as it were. And so Paul, I'm trying to get to what I noticed here, he took his clothes and shook them. He shook his raiment. And like when they were going to worship him as a god from outer space at Jupiter or something, he says uh, he tore his clothes, and that was a sign of the high priest did that or something. And it was really pretty, you know, rough as to do. But he shook that and said to them when they would not hear him, your blood be on your own head then. I'll go and talk to the Gentiles. And he left from there, and and it goes on about that. And then, I guess that night, or soon enough, the Lord appeared to in the night by a vision to Paul and said, Don't be afraid, but speak, and hold not your peace. So maybe I'm supposing, but you could imagine here, uh, kind of like the apostles, or the disciples told the Lord, Now look. They were already angry and following, going to kill you or are after us. And now you've turned the tables over and everything. Now there really will be. And, you know, he knew all that. But anyway, here the Lord appears to Paul and some of them would have said, now look, you, they, you called them in and talked to them and you reasoned with them. And now you've shook your raiment in front of them and said, I'm out. Your blood be on you. And for the record, he did invite them in Acts 28 uh, again for a final meeting. And uh, But anyway, here the Lord appeared to him and said, Don't be afraid, but speak. Hold not your tongue. So, because I'm with you, and no man will hurt you. And, and so Paul continued there a year and a half. And for the sake of thinking about it, what about when Paul was stoned to death? 
Well, the Lord was with him. What about Stephen being stoned? He looked and saw the Lord standing there, the window of heaven. And so Paul, yeah, the Lord's with So was he with him? Yeah, he's always with us. I'll never forsake you. But here he told him straight out, nobody's going to hurt you. And when he was stoned to death, he wouldn't have been told that that day, as it were. And so it comes down to a story I want to talk about but never get to, and that's in the Old Testament, the two prophets, one that was not supposed to eat or drink on the way and tell the king and this, coming back, and the second prophet went to him and said, no, it's okay, an angel appeared to me and told me it's all. So he listened to him, and then obviously he he didn't make it home. He was killed by a lion, uh, as the prophet told him. But it has to do with just believing God, period, whatever he says. And Paul would say, I know nobody's going to hurt me for six and, uh, a year and a half. And, and so then uh, Lystra, I think, where he was stoned, uh, well, you know, that's after that or before or whatever, not at that time. And it still comes down to what he says. And then I guess the question is, well, how do you know what he says? Well, it's in the Scripture. So much is, as it were. But in your own heart, between you and him, he's not real enough to communicate with you. Well, you you can't do it through items and, and objects and uh, different things or even meditation, but I I know in my heart the times that he's convicted me, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now, there's times you get this feeling that or not or what, but I mean certain things, oh, no, and uh, that that doesn't change. So that's how you know if you really know what he's saying is true, then you could say it with all your heart. And then to do it is, whether it makes sense or not, is like a child. You do it out of obedience and love. And what he says, he says, my commandments are not grievous. They're not really painful and hurtful, not really. And I found that through long and painful process that his way is by far the best way. Abide in my love, not your own. And that's by faith and yeah, it can be done, but but the Lord here approved of, and what I wanted to talk about was the love that Paul had that is the Lord's love. It's me, but not me, and it's the Lord's love in that uh, this whole idea currently of being woke and stuff, and kind of the, I don't mean you have to insult people, not on purpose, but like Peter said, uh, if somebody asks you, then, well, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and so if, as long as y'all love each other, well, no. Uh, tell the whole truth, and the Lord did that, and he said, well, you want to kill me only because I tell you the, the truth, and Paul even maybe, well, some of them did want to kill him, but uh, some of them forbid him to come to their church and talk to him, but the Lord was with him, and I think that Paul knew the Lord and had his love in a way that, like one of the saddest verses in the Scripture is in Corinthians, where Paul wrote to them and said, I would gladly spend and be spent for you. That's a way of saying 
die and give up everything and even die for you. But you know, the more I love you, the less I be loved. And, you know, that's, uh, and you kind of know that's kind of true. And the Lord himself would say, yeah, my father loved the whole world and so did I, so much so that I died for you. And that's what Paul's saying. And he had that love. And you say, well, maybe they didn't know that. Well, in Romans there, he makes it pretty clear. In chapter 9, he says, I wish myself accursed from Christ for my kinsmen according to the flesh whom uh, uh, apply all the laws and promises and prophets, but some of them are not truly Jews are truly in their hearts and they don't believe. But I, I would wish myself accursed from Christ for them uh, and a great heaviness and continual sorrow is in my heart. And he goes on in chapter 9 to talk about election, if any place ever does. It's about the pottery and Pharaoh and Moses and in this very chapter on down at the last part of it. And so I think he means just for the, I don't know, but a curse from Christ, if you look at that in other places it's used, kind of is that uh, you put confidence in the flesh and this and that and lose your reward that you could have had, but you still belong. That's being cursed. That anybody has a false gospel, well, you need to do works, then that'll count too, no matter whether you have. Well, you can get in real trouble there. And Paul's saying, I, I, I think he means, I wished I could lose everything because that is technically, theoretically possible to be an unfaithful servant and just turn away and not going to do it, not even going to try to do it. And I, I know I, I prolonged that agony 30-plus years, and it's, uh, it's not true. But uh, I wished I were a curse for them if they could. That's the love he has. You say, wow, oh, right above that, Chapter 8, and there again, it's just right when he said, Nobody can separate us, height, depth, or any creature, separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. And I say the truth in Christ, I don't lie. I have a great sorrow that I wish myself occurred. See, right after nobody, so he's talking to the ones in Romans. I'm not sure exactly what people think about Romans. Chapter 2 is a big thing of you know, the homosexual, and that's true. But Peter, after that, the first verse of chapter 2 is, oh, man, then who are you to think that you condemn them and you don't do the same thing? Well, we're not that. Well, yeah, but you don't. What about adultery? What about immorality? What about uh, all? Well, yeah, well, yeah, but we're not homosexual. Well, prostitute, well, a tax collector, he talked to those people. And they said, what are you talking to them? Well, they'll hear me before you will. And, and so that's the, the kind of thing that Paul, he knew, oh, he knew all about that. But in Romans, if you look at the very first of it, and it is to believers by, by, without doubt, because he says, um, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God through Christ. 
And I thank God for all of you because your faith has spoken. No doubt about it. And I long to come and see you that I can impart to you a spiritual gift so that you can be established and be comforted. Well, in the end of it, he says that again, and that's what Romans is about. And so I know it used kind of over here, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Well, that's true unto salvation to everyone that believes it is. And then from faith to faith, the just live by that faith. It's the power of God unto sanctification, which is being saved, uh, being back where you were when you were first saved. And uh, that's not a play on words. It, it's actually... Uh, true wow uh, sorry uh, I was looking at the trying to see how much time has went by but um, the love that that Paul had and the love that the Lord had obviously the same love abide as I've loved you love each other unconditional love and Paul said I you know that if no other reason I'm an apostle because I have love like they have and I, that, that only can mean they kind of were known for sure as being if they didn't who did and so that that's the thing and it would be almost invariably all the time that's where that's the struggle the fight that's being established Peter talks about after a while you become settled in the way that you're far more that way and doesn't mean you can't be tested and tempted and fall but it does mean that you'll get up and the and the Lord's saying, though, about the love, what I want to try to say is it's not just, well, I, they didn't go out of their way to offend them, but Paul said to them, uh, shook his raiment and said, your blood be on you. And the Lord, like I was uh, reading over here, he says to them that, uh, Father, forgive them. They don't know. But he said, uh, you woe unto you because you hypocrites because you're like a a, a a sepulcher or a tomb uh, like a cave or a, sepul a grave and it's whitewashed on the outside really beautiful but on the inside full of dead men's bones and all evilness outwardly you appear righteous to men but inwardly you're full of hypocrisy and sin now did they have to be no you can not, the, the people thought, he, you know, they they were good, some good people, but they're full of hypocrisy and iniquity and sin. Woe unto you, because you build the tomb of the prophets and then put the flowers on them after you put the prophet in there, because you're like your fathers, even though you say you're not, but you're a witness to yourself. Sure, you're like them. They killed the prophets, and so are you, and you'll kill me, is what he went on to tell them. Now, and then he says, Oh, Jerusalem, though, and he mourns and cries. One of the only times says, uh, well, anyway, that, that uh, for he, I would gather you like chickens, uh, but you wouldn't uh, even have that. And, and try to remember and understand anything, that for me anyway, about all this is he's talking about you wouldn't come to me. You could, and they had. There were three camps: those that believed in him, those that didn't, and in those that didn't, the half of them, as it were, there were three camps: those that called him evil, 
and of Satan, those that called him a man of God, the greatest prophet ever, and those that called him the son of God, God himself, the Messiah. Those three, he's saying you didn't, you had the choice. You didn't have to say I was evil. You don't. You know. You could have at least that. That's what they were given if they didn't belong to him. And election is a cornerstone of theology for me. It really is, and uh, it's the way to understand or misunderstand a whole lot. But the way of love is simply put, it's all about that other person. You hate what they say and do and sin and all that, and you don't mind speaking if you're asked. That's the thing. You don't go around trying to. And he, they didn't do that. But Peter said, when you're asked or it comes up, oh yeah, you're you're you need to say exactly what it is. Speak the truth in love. And the Lord said, they hated me for no reason, and they'll hate you for that too. So, cheer up. That's what Paul said. It's not that bad for all the suffering we go through here and that burden. He said the shipwrecks and stonings and the pers- the jail, the stocks, and that's nothing. He's saying the main burden besides all that is the church itself that I go to and try to keep it on focus of Christ, not on you and, and works and this and that. A compromise of the scripture that he taught was it's the new person you are and the new nature that you can choose to do now it's not overnight and you have to be settled and established and that's kind of what it's all about but it is about a new commandment like john says though he's the commandment and it's of old but it's new because he lives in you and the lord said to them a new commandment i give you that you love one another as i've loved you that you love each other that way and I used to not like the term unconditional love. Well, hold it. <laughs> They're not one little condition now. No, uh, it's basically unconditional love for the spirit of that person. Thank you for listening to this program. <laughs>